This is episode 16 with Giselle Courteau, an at-home baker turned pastry chef and owner of the ever-so-popular Duchess Bake Shop in Edmonton, Alberta. Found this, like I felt like whenever I went into the kitchen to bake, that was my safe space. It was where I felt comfortable and confident and I felt like I could be myself. Hey moms, are you tired of being tired? Or maybe yelling at your kids? Or maybe you need to know how to get your strength back postpartum? Or learn to manage your stress trying to do it all? Or just to become a more confident mom? If so, then welcome to Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired. I'm Christiane Bégin, a mother of two, sharing inspiring conversations with wonderful people on how we can be mentally and physically stronger moms, and also including freshly squeezed ideas, a little bit of fun, so you can learn how to find balance, and also how to raise strong, caring, confident kids in today's world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Thank you for listening in to another episode of Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired. So today I am speaking with Giselle Courteau. So she's a mother to two little ones, a wife and a self-taught home baker, pastry chef and co-owner of the very popular Duchess Bake Shop in Edmonton, Alberta. I'm telling you this place I've been every time I visit my family, they always tell me, okay, let's go have coffee. Let's meet up here. They have amazing pastries and everyone that's close to me knows that I have a very sweet tooth. So I like my desserts, but I love good desserts. My own mother is an amazing baker. So I grew up with the real heavy ingredients, eating butter, lots of eggs, lots of sugar, <laughs> lots of chocolate. So I don't shy away from all of those ingredients. And I have so many friends that have recommended this place and keep saying it's so delicious. So that's why when she came out with her second cookbook a couple months ago, my sister asked for it for Christmas. And when I got the cookbook, I was reading through it and she was talking about her stories and how she, she was self-taught and how she's teaching her kids. And I just thought, wow, I have to get her on the podcast. Um, one of the things that I've always said, I have kids, especially if I have a son, he is gonna know how to bake, how to cook, just because when I was young, it was always the girls that helped out. So I want to make sure that my son and my daughter knows how. So very grateful she accepted, who has been cooking and baking her whole life. She is passionate about real food made from scratch. She's the author and recipe creator of the best-selling cookbook, Bake Shop. And now her second and her latest cookbook, Duchess Bake Shop at Home. It was fun. It, it, we laughed a lot. So um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's listen in on our conversation. Welcome, Giselle, to the Citrus Love podcast. I know some of my listeners will be very happy to hear <laughs> more about your story, the woman behind the ever so popular Duchess Bake Shop in Edmonton, Alberta. I live in Montreal, but originally I'm from Alberta, a Franco-Albertan as well. And every single time I 
visit a family or friends, honestly, there's at least one person that tells me, okay, let's go for coffee or let's go eat at Duchess. And back in November, I was at Little Duchess, her newest shop that opened. And it's always been amazing food, beautiful atmosphere, and even mothers with small kids. I was surprised because at first it looks like a very fancy and French inspiration, high tea decor, but everyone from all ages goes there. That being said, for everyone that doesn't know the specific about you and the Duchess Bake Shop, let's go a little bit backwards um, to see where you got your inspiration to start this. And then we'll talk about your newest cookbook, Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start a little bit with the inspiration behind Duchess Bake Shop. I read that you did live a few years in Tokyo. And of all places, that kind of became a place that catapulted you into French pastries and opening a <laughs> Duchess Bake Shop. Talk about Tokyo and how it relates to this passion for French pastries. Yeah, so I've always been an avid home baker, but um, I lived in Tokyo for five years teaching English. Um, it was there that we really planned the bake shop, but I was always a really kind of simple home baker. I still am in a lot of ways, but uh, when I was getting inspiration to open the shop, a lot of people don't realize that um, famous French pastry chefs, they always open locations in Tokyo often even before they do in France. So really at my fingertips, I had the very best French pastries in the world. So I would take my days off and I would map out a route around Tokyo. I would go explore all these bakeries. I would bring home all of these beautiful French pastries. Um, and then I would essentially just try to recreate them myself. And it was in that time frame that I ate my first macaron. Mm -hmm. So those little, small, colorful, I'm going to call them hamburger cookies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I completely fell in love with them. Um, and the first time I ate one, I think it was in my first year in Japan, I thought to myself, oh, these are awesome. I'm going to teach myself how to make these. I mean, I taught myself how to make croissant, all kinds of other things. But those were a lot trickier than I anticipated. Um, they're actually quite hard for a home baker to make. And it took me almost four years to get my recipe right. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So when we were planning the bake shop, we kind of um, planned it a lot around some of those French pastries, macarons specifically. We took a real nod from um, Japan in terms of design and aesthetic too. So when we came home, we decided to just put you know, we painted all the walls white and we kept everything really simple for our decor, which was kind of unique for, I think, for Edmonton at the time. We had a lot of people come in and just ask us, well, what are you going to put on the walls? And we said, absolutely nothing, because page, the pastry is the art. Mm -hmm. We want people to really focus on that. So I think some of our aesthetic that you see today definitely comes from that. Mm -hmm. And you, when you talk about we, because um, you're a co, <laughs> your co-owner, so you're talking about the yes. other owners. So this is a complicated story. I don't know if you want this now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I was married at the time to Garner. So Garner and I, um, we planned the bake shop together. So when we opened, we've been open actually 10 years. Um, we actually kind of opened the shop and simultaneously decided to separate. This mm -hmm. can, causes a lot of oohs and ahs usually. But we actually realized right away that we had something absolutely magical in terms of the business that we created together. But we just did not function well as a married couple. So 
uh, nothing tragic or horrible happened. We just decided <laughs> to put all of our efforts together to make this business work. And 10 years later, we still own this business together, which is, you know, I'm really proud of that, actually, mm-hmm. that we were able to make it work. And we really enjoy working together. And um, yeah, it was great. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> so you say you're self-taught baker. You didn't have any experience running a business or yeah. <laughs> any professional experience running a bakery. So what gave you that courage? Yes, we can do it. What was it? Because not everyone would actually do it. It is funny looking back, thinking about you know, really what we were doing was actually totally insane. I mean, most people would advise against it. I, I had no business experience, um, but it does kind of stem a little bit to, I guess, my childhood in a way, um, kind of growing up. So I, I grew up in a house where my older sister, she's almost 10 years older than me, she was a super achiever. She was a concert pianist and had perfect grades and did all the right things. And I came along after her and just sort of wasn't great at anything, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my parents just kind of left me alone, and I didn't excel in any way. My grades weren't great. Um, But I, being in the shadow of my older sister, I kind of found this, like, I felt like whenever I went into the kitchen to bake, that was my safe space. It was where I felt comfortable and confident, and I felt like I could be myself. So for years, I used baking as just sort of a it was very cathartic and comforting for me. And I grew a lot in that space. And so um, growing out of high school and kind of being encouraged to go to university, I always had this dream of being a baker and owning my own bakery. I worked front of house in bakeries while I was at university. And the whole time that I did that, you know, I'm making coffees and putting stuff in bags. I'm looking in the kitchen, like what time Mm. are the always coming in? What time? I was super passionate about it. Um, I started a master's in library sciences and I hated it. All I could think about was like, what kind of ovens I'm going to buy? Is my bakery going to have seating? You know, so I think for a long time, it was a dream of mine. Um, And then when Garner graduated, we both graduated and we just looked at what did we have ahead of us? I mean, we both had arts degrees. We had student loans. We didn't have any real job prospects, but he was also passionate about coffee and service. So it just made sense for us to kind of dive into Mm. this crazy dream. And in a way, being in Tokyo for five years while we were planning the business was almost a good thing because we were in this kind of little bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, where we were able to build confidence without having outsiders tell us, well, this is a bad idea or, you know, all of that stuff. So when we came home, we just, we'd saved money. We had a business plan and we just went for it and, and it happened very quickly. So we didn't have a lot of time to think too much about the possible catastrophe we were headed into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just so everyone knows, Mm -hmm. what do you actually do today um, with your businesses, because you have the Duchess, Little yeah. Duchess, you have like yeah. a, sh- a shop, you a have lot, yeah. another, yeah, you have atelier <laughs> yeah. where you give, teach people. So what's your yeah. job? Tell us. So, yeah. We know. so it's, yeah, it's evolved. Like when we opened the shop 10 years ago, um, it was myself in the back with a part-timer and we had two part-timers out front. And then we grew very, very quickly. We, uh, we got busy very quickly. And about four years after we opened, I actually stepped out of the kitchen um, to kind of run the business in a way because I was still doing payroll and paying bills at two in the morning every Monday. But at that point, we'd grown to about 40 employees. So it became a real 
needs. So I stepped out of the kitchen into the office and then I got started on a cookbook. So I actually left the kitchen in 2014 to manage and operate other parts of the business. Uh, Over time, we opened a restaurant, we opened a retail store that's now closed. And then we opened Atelier, Duchess Atelier. That's our teaching space where we teach home bakers. That is essentially my space. So today, now, I spend the majority of my time in that teaching kitchen. And when I'm not writing a cookbook, I help out in the kitchen. I help with recipe development and testing and all the other aspects of the business. So now we have between all of our businesses about 100 employees. So there's a lot on the daily that, you know, so I don't go to work in the morning and bake anymore. um, But my creative outlet these days is really through recipe writing and developing and writing cookbooks. Mm. That's interesting. So your newest book called Duchess at Home, you talk more about traditional recipes and some recipes you did when you were a child that you're kind of teaching your own kids and and tips. What was it like you talked about baking at home, but your mother was a baker as well, like she a home baker? Yeah. yeah, my mother was very committed to providing my sister and I and our family with food made from scratch. So she rarely bought things that were prepackaged or pre-made. She was one of those super moms that managed to do it all. I wouldn't say she was an amazing baker, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I had a very, very, I still do have a crazy sweet tooth. And growing up, you know, I would bug my mom all the time, like, can you buy Oreos or whatever it was? And she would always say, no, no, no. If you want cookies or brownies, just make it yourself. I'll buy you your ingredients. So I did a lot of baking for our family. Just, and it started out with me just craving this, the, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the tray of brownies. But over time, I, I grew to love it. Um, when we started at the bake shop, I am a workaholic by nature and I actually, I worked seven days a week. And for those first four or five years that we, uh, we were in business, I did not bake a single thing at home. And Mm. over time that started to really wear on me because you kind of lose the, the reason why you started it in the first place. So Mm -hmm. when I had the chance to stop and get going on a cookbook and start baking at home again, it was almost like I fell in love with it all over again. And I was almost able to find myself again in a way. What's your favorite time to be in the kitchen? I know a lot of people prefer uh, do it for the holidays, you know, with mm-hmm. family members. For you, is it just every day or how no, is it? So, like in my home kitchen? Yeah, so yeah. we spend, because I still work six days a week, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Sundays is our family day. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So Sundays is our day as a family. And on Sundays, every Sunday, I make something with the kids, whether it's pancakes or banana bread or something more complicated. um, That's my day in the kitchen with them. So Mm. um, I cherish that day and I look forward to it. Because they're so young, my son always wants to help out, but it makes such a mess. And it's oh, yeah, like no, that's everywhere. us too. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not we're not doing anything crazy. Like pancakes is a big one. We make waffles, really simple stuff. And, you know, as a home baker and even as a person, that's what I gravitate to at home. Um, I'm not going to wake up in the morning with my three and five year old and try to make a hand batch of croissant. <laughs> It really is very simple. And it's the same thing too. Like my three-year-old, she's so young. She just wants to help with everything. And it's a disaster. We get eggshells in, you know, in the cookies and there's stuff everywhere. And it doesn't, 
doesn't matter. For me, it's, I don't care. It's about spending time with my kids, teaching them that things made from scratch are delicious and, you know, putting love into it. All of those things matter to me, not the end result or even the taste in that, in that case, like just, just being together is important. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite dishes to prepare during the week or do you meal prep on certain days? Yeah, cooking is really actually difficult. So my husband now, he's also a chef and a pastry chef. um, And we try to meal plan at the beginning of the week and look at our week and say, okay, we're going to make this, this and this, um, eat leftovers on these nights. And um, it is really hard. I mean, we have two kids that go to daycare. Our oldest is in kindergarten. We leave our house at seven in the morning with them. And then we don't get home till five. Mm-hmm. So for and then they go to bed at seven. So really, we have a two hour window to make a meal from scratch, try to spend time with them wind down and put them to bed. It's very tricky. There's some nights that we don't achieve it. So last night was a perfect example. My husband had an event that he had to prepare for. And then I was late picking up the kids and I'm like going, oh my gosh, I have no ideas what I'm going to do for dinner. And then we just stopped at the restaurant on the way home and got pizza, which I mean, we're like anybody else. I don't love that I did that, but it, at the same time, I had to do what I could do so that I could get even half an hour of FaceTime with my kids last night. So <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was exactly my next question. Do you ever eat like store-bought oh, yeah. frozen pizza? Yeah. <laughs> it does happen for sure. We're like anybody else. And in a lot of cases, I would say we are even busier maybe. So sometimes, and I, I try to tell my husband, he's a little bit more strict on the idea of cooking a home meal than I am. Although I, for me, it is a priority. I also realize that we can only do what we can do. And I'm not gonna, you know, be too hard on us if we just didn't manage it that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because our reality is just like anybody else's. Sometimes it's hard. And it's just easier for me to, you know, grab a frozen pizza that happens for sure. My kids, they love macaroni and cheese. They love craft dinner. <laughs> you know, like they're just like all the other kids out yeah. there. Um, I think that's the misconception people have is that we live in this big fancy house, which we don't at all, and that everything is perfect. And, you know, we put out these crazy spreads every night. We don't at all. Mm-hmm. It's not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just like everyone else. <laughs> One thing I found interesting is that you said, well, at work, the food looks perfect. It matches like everything's wonderful. It could be in a magazine. And at home, you're more laid back about it and that you don't stress about how it looks as long as it tastes good. And I really love that because um, your chef, your pastry chef, like you, we think that you're an expert at everything and you're, you're like being real and saying yes it doesn't always look great my cake but it tastes amazing I love this it makes yeah, me feel a little better about my own you know, it's, it's so true I mean even when I bake at home I'm ju- I'm just like anybody else I'm not actually I'm actually not a super talented baker but I'm tenacious which means that If I make a mistake, I'm just going to pick myself and try it again. And I don't really care at home. If I'm going to bake in my home kitchen, it is for fun, strictly. Mm -hmm. It's to enjoy my time in there. I'm not going to give myself anxiety about making something that looks just like a picture. You know, sometimes I'll make things to bring to friends and my husband will say, well, you can't bring that. You're the owner of Duchess Bake Shop. And I just look (laughs) at it. I'm going to bring it. (laughs) I don't really care. I made it. I'm proud of it anyway, if it doesn't look perfect. Um, Yeah, it's definitely 
more the act and the enjoyment of doing and you know even if something doesn't look perfect usually it'll taste pretty good that's good and I kind of connect with your story with that because my mom she's an amazing baker and cook and in November it was my sister's wedding and I don't know how it happened but I ended up with my mom doing her wedding cake and <gasps> that's <decor> crazy <laughs> and decorating the wedding cake and I mean I was like I have no clue what I'm doing. We're going on Pinterest and trying to like <laughs> do a simple cake. And anyways, so it tasted amazing. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I don't care. I'm sure it did. <laughs> All the love was in there. <laughs> but yeah, it was just basic. I mean, uh, but you do what you can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, our teaching kitchen, Duchess Atelier, that's my home and that's where I spend my time with other home bakers. And one of our sort of mission statements in there is to make sure that everybody, when they're baking, they're feeling comfortable and not putting too much pressure on themselves because we have so many people that come through that door to take a class that are all, they have this like anxiety built up in them to make this thing that looks exactly perfect, just like the teacher's. So we mm -hmm. spend three hours just trying to break down those walls and make sure that people are just owning what they've done and proud of the work that they've done, no matter the result. Because in the end, you don't need baking and pastries. You don't. You don't need those to survive. It's just something that's a small pleasure that gives people joy. So anytime we're seeing somebody that isn't finding joy we it really makes me sad so mm -hmm. and this is interesting because I mean people still enjoy being in the kitchen maybe less than before but just for time and being so busy with their lives and uh, having takeouts and pre-made meals accessible that it's easy to kind of skip and not make a home-cooked meal but for you would you say doing being in the kitchen what's the thing that it brings you what do you feel when you're in the kitchen or when you're preparing something well I feel like it's a gift that I'm giving my kids and my family I think my mom very much felt that way I'm also French Canadian which means like families French Canadian families we live in the kitchen that's like you go into the French Canadian's house and everybody's in the kitchen mm -hmm. <laughs> um And our food is very relaxed and very kind of, uh, we're all call it rustic. But I think when I'm cooking, even on those days when it seems really hard to get it done, once I've put the meal on the table, it's something I made from scratch. Maybe it's something really simple. It, it usually is, actually. But I feel like I provided my kids with a gift. And maybe they can understand. Like growing up, I didn't understand that gift that my mom was giving me. But as I grew older, I could see, wow, she instilled in me this value for food made from scratch, made with love. I hope, I think of her every time I cook a meal. I think of my mom and what she did for us and how maybe I'm not doing it as well as she did. But I'm doing my best and I feel proud of that. Mm-hmm. You ha have two cookbooks. So mm -hmm. honestly, how much time does it take for you to create? Ah. Or, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about this. Uh, yeah. so let's say creating a recipe. Mm -hmm. Do you start from scratch or you take something you've done or you look at recipes? How does that work? Uh, it's like a little bit of all of that. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot harder to write a usable recipe than most people think. The process of writing a cookbook is actually quite long and intricate. So it takes me um, about 10 months to a full year to write a cookbook. I've written two and they've both taken that amount of time. 
So Duchess at Home, my most recent book, those are my my recipes. A lot of those we make at home. Those are my favorite recipes. I already had a base for a lot of them where I was already making a lot of them. But when I go to test it and write my first draft of a recipe, um, usually I write a, a first draft, I test it, and then it gets written about eight to 12 times before I give it to somebody else to make. So it actually gets eight to 12 different drafts. Uh, my mm. sister happens to be an academic editor. So her and I will go back back and forth on one to make sure the recipe is usable. And then I give it to my mom, my mother-in-law, or my best friend to test because they're all kind of my recipe testers, people that I trust, and they're all different levels, <laughs> skill levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the, it's been tested by them, usually comes back to me. So usually we're looking at eight to 12 drafts plus four or five solid recipe tests before I have a recipe that I'm comfortable with. And that process can take anywhere between two days and two weeks, depending on the recipe. So what's your favorite part of doing a cookbook? And what's your least favorite part? (laughs) Um, I actually love all of it. I discovered when I wrote the first book that my favorite thing to do is actually write cookbooks. I feel um, I like almost all of the, I think I like almost all of it, actually. (laughs) Um, I've run into some points when I start testing a recipe where I have some a vision in my head of what I want it to taste like or even look like let's say and I just after three four five six tests it's not it's not there that's very frustrating you know when you can't really achieve the thing you set out to Mm -hmm. Um, but I've gotten pretty good at just kind of okay this isn't working I'm going to move on to something else and um, yeah I like most of it though. Mm -hmm. Do you take the photographs of the food as well? No. So I have a, um, a graphic designer who works with me. Um, she's been working with us for four or five years. She does the layouts and takes the photographs. I'm there with her. So I, I food style and I help kind of position everything and we kind of sort of do it together. But she really has the eye. I'm not a very good photographer. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I use her creative vision on that one. There's one story you shared, and I'd love for you to share it. It's so cute because it's related to your son's birthday with yeah. this, the Sunday Funday birthday cones. Yeah. And I, and I thought that was so cute. So, <laughs> so my um, my son turned, when he turned four last year, um, well, the story kind of starts in that um, he turned four and at school, you know, you have to send usually like cupcakes or something for their birthday. So I sent him little um, chouquettes, so little cream puffs that I filled with pastry cream and I dipped them in chocolate and put sprinkles on top. So I sent those to school with my son and I was like, wow, these look awesome. The kids are gonna love them. And when I picked him up after school that day, uh, I said, oh, Benoit, you know, did your, what did everybody think of the cream puffs? And he was like, they were okay. And I was like, Oh, really? I thought, I thought you'd like them. And he said, Well, why can't I have cupcakes like the other kids? <laughs> so his birthday party with his friends was coming up that weekend. And I hadn't really decided what I was going to do for a cake. So I thought, okay, okay, I got this. I had remembered in the 80s, there were those uh, ice cream cones where people would bake cake inside and then like decorate the top. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. So I went on Pinterest and YouTube. And uh, basically, I went to the grocery store, I stood in that box cake aisle, I'd never made a box cake in my life. I bought, you know, all this box cakes, I bought the ice cream cones, I went home. And I called my mother in law, because she had said she'd done it before. So she came over and we, (laughs) I made this kind of 
box cake mix. I'm trying to follow the the directions. <laughs> I put them in the oven and they basically exploded everywhere. It made the biggest <laughs> mess. They were they were so ugly. And I put it I think I put a picture in the cookbook of the fail. The failure? Did I? I don't remember. No. Um no, I should have. <laughs> But my mother-in-law just looked at me and she said, oh, I had no part in this. And she left. She went home. So I tried it again and again. They exploded. They went everywhere. I was so frustrated. So I decided to just make my mother-in-law's standard chocolate cake recipe and try to do it myself and bake it in the cones. And voila, all of a sudden, I I kind of nailed it, I guess. (laughs) But it's those moments that are, you know, I'm just like everybody else. And it was it was pretty funny trying to imagine. I mean, he had 14 kids coming to this party and I was going to serve up these cones with box cake mix. <laughs> but in the end, I ended up developing something that I was proud of through that disaster. So it was yeah, kind of it looks delicious. And I was looking through the book with my son and he's like, oh, you have to make me this. You have to make me this. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a little bit of fun, right? That's, that's part of it, especially when you have kids. I I mean, he was right. Why am I sending these fancy French pastries to a classroom of, you know, four-year-olds when all they want is sprinkles on cupcakes and nothing wrong with that. Exactly. So you have a lot of responsibilities. You do a lot of things. How do you decide what's a priority so you can be present in your life, like with your kids or at work? Um, How do you manage to do that? That's a good question. We, uh, my husband and I uh, work together too. So um, we actually have some fairly strict rules around um, separating our work life from our home life. So for example, we will never talk about work at home. We won't talk about work with the kids in the car. As soon as I pick them up from daycare and school every day, um, we're 100% present with them. We don't necessarily have that much time, but Mm -hmm. in our home, we try not to bring work home at all, ever. We don't work from home. Um, It's almost like a safe space. So I need that personally in my life to have this sort of separation between my work life and my home life. My work life is insane all the time. But when I get home, that's it. No work. So Mm -hmm. that's something we really put a lot of effort into. But your kids, they've been to your work? Yeah, they have. I don't know that they fully understand Mm -hmm. maybe what you know what we do every day they know that there's macaron there and uh sometimes once a week we'll grab some and bring them to school you know for when they get out of school as a little snack but I don't know we haven't actually brought them many times while the shop is open just because it's so I mean honestly do I want to go spend my time at my workplace with my children I mean as much as I love the bake shop, it's, you know, we prefer to do other activities with them. So yeah, when I'm off, I'm off. And when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. You said that as a baker, you're constantly learning no matter your Mm -hmm. age or your experience. What's the last thing you learned about food or baking? Oh my gosh, I learn things every single day. (laughs) Um, No, I do. I don't even know. Trying to think of what I learned recently. Well, okay, this is an interesting one. I actually, in my new book, uh, when people were asking me about it, lots of people said to me, oh, are there cinnamon bun recipes? Is there a cinnamon bun recipe in there? And I was like, no, there isn't. And then um, a couple of weeks ago, I made cinnamon buns. But, you know, I've never made cinnamon buns in my life, which is you know, there's so many different things you can bake, but I had never made cinnamon buns. Hmm. So I took three days to develop a recipe for cinnamon buns. But I mean, I kind of had to learn that from scratch. I didn't, I'd never rolled a cinnamon bun. I mean, it was all, it was all new to me. So um, it's still fun that I get to 
learn new things in that way. But How do you learn? You use books and uh, internet? Or? Yeah. Well, in the past I did. Yeah, I used mainly books. Um, I'm older, so the internet, you know, wasn't as much of a resource as books were. I took a one-week uh, pastry boot camp at the local culinary school here. Uh, while I was living in Japan, I flew home to take it just to see where my skills were. And they, it was a good test for me, but I felt really good. That's really the only class I've ever taken. But since we've opened the shop 10 years ago, I've had the opportunity to work with you know, dozens of very well-trained pastry chefs and bakers that have a lot of training. So I have learned a tremendous amount from those people in the last 10 years. So I wouldn't be where I am without, you know, without having that, had that opportunity to work with professionals. So these professionals, are they people you met in Edmonton or you went to like workshops Yeah, both uh, yeah. of those things. Okay. So um, when we, before I had kids, we went to France once or twice a year to basically just see what was happening in pastry. I did take a few three-day classes in France from pastry chefs. Um, I've done the same in New York, but I haven't done a, a ton. Um, a lot of it is really the people that work for us at the shop. So my husband, for example, he is a trained pastry chef. Mm -hmm. um, he's worked all over the world in pastry. So, I mean, he's a world-class pastry chef. So if really, when I have questions about things, usually I can ask him. If it's a question about like how to make a delicious apple pie, he probably doesn't have the answer because he'd never even made a pie. Because <laughs> mm. that's, you know, he's trained in more fine pastries. But um, yeah. So, so you balance each other on the level yeah. of pastry knowledge and desserts. Yeah. Yeah. So my home baking meets his fancy French pastries and it makes a pretty good combination. <laughs> so I have a question that's kind of mom related um, in a way. What are some things you do in the morning to get your day started and to be energized? Anything specific you drink or you do or you, uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're laughing, that means maybe you're not coffee. Doing... It means coffee. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't want to say it <laughs> to see if you'd say it. Well, I... I'm naturally a morning person, like okay. by nature. So I don't, it doesn't take much to get me out of bed. Um, I wake up around 5.30 every single day. Um, I get up and then I go straight to the kitchen. I make coffee um, and then I make my kids lunches. And it's kind of like there isn't even really, I have no downtime in the morning because as soon as I'm done the lunches, I have to wake up the kids. My husband helps me, but we're just like, go, go, go in the morning. But I have to have my coffee. That's mm -hmm. very important. And I also need to eat breakfast. I, for years, I didn't eat breakfast, but I make an effort now in the morning to sit down with our kids to eat breakfast with them. That's something that we've kind of integrated in the last year or two that I used to not do. They would, I would kind of give them food and run around them. And, but now I try, I really make an effort to sit down and eat breakfast with them, even if it's just for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you do the drop-offs and you get yeah. to work. Do you go together? Like you and your, your husband, you go at the same time. Yeah, it depends on the time of year, but we are fortunate in that we get to do a lot of those things together. So we drop the kids off usually together in the morning. It depends. If it's a major mm -hmm. holiday, then my husband often has to work through the night or sometimes in the summer, one of us will bike to work a little bit earlier because we don't live very far from where we work and the other person will drop the kids or we just kind of play it by ear depending on what's happening at the bake shop. So mm -hmm. 
So what do you think customers love so much about the Duchess, um, about your brand that keeps them going back and again and again? Because every time I've been there, there's been lineup like for lunch and and even in between those uh, busy hours, it seems to be like full all the time. So what do you think is the thing that keeps them coming back? I think people can tell Like, because I'm a home baker and I had no real formal training when we set up the shop, I mean, I made things the way that I did at home, which is from scratch, using real ingredients, cracking real eggs. Um, We still do that to this day. And I think people can tell that things are made kind of using really quality ingredients. And from scratch, there's a lot of bakeries out there, most bakeries, in fact, they bring in a lot of stuff that's pre-made. So whether it's the tart shell or the fillings for their pies or using lesser quality ingredients, that's very common because that's essentially how you make a profit is by doing that kind of thing, right? So we don't do that. We don't compromise on that. And I feel like the our customers can tell when they eat the product that it's it's made, you know, from with really good ingredients. We also have that product mix at the bake shop where we have those nice French pastries but we also have those kind of homey things like brownies and we make cookies and things that are a little bit more on the simple side. So even like banana cream pie, that kind of thing. So even if you come in and you're not, you're kind of scared of buying an eclair or a macaron gâteau, you might see another pastry there that you're like, oh, wow, there's a butter tart. I love butter tarts, you know? So I think finding mm-hmm. that balance has really worked for us too. Mm-hmm. So I have a few questions, which I'll call freshly squeezed, because basically you answer them as briefly and quickly as possible. They should be quite simple. So (laughs) are you a tough critic when it comes to food? No. Do you let other people bake for you? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is your biggest strength that keeps everything running smoothly? Uh, Positivity and energy. How many cookbooks do you have? Oh, all of them? 200. Oh, wow. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I've never counted. That's like a guess. <laughs> um, which other cooks or bakers do you admire? Pastry chef Pierre Hermé. He's a French pastry chef. I have been hugely inspired by him. He basically invented the modern macaron. But there's a lot. Dory Greenspan, she's um, kind of a home baker. She has several cookbooks that are absolutely wonderful. Um, there's a lot. But okay. those two, Dory, yeah, I love Dory Greenspan. She has um, a blog and lots of books. Um, and I learned a lot from her books, actually. What do you do to relax after a long day of work? Watch Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Which show? (laughs) What kind of show? Oh, I like, I'm not very picky. Um, You know, we'll watch pretty much anything. But like, uh, right now there's Zumbo's Just Desserts. It's a great, uh, a great reality TV baking competition out of Australia. Super fun. I'll watch anything pretty much. But it is necessary to shut off the brain, you know, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. Mm -hmm. What three spices should everyone have in their kitchen? Cinnamon, cardamom, cloves. What's your kid's favorite thing to eat? Craft dinner. <laughs> it's like their parents are like chefs and pastry chefs. Yeah. yeah. Grilled cheese, grilled cheese is up there too. Depends on the kid, but yeah, grilled cheese, craft dinner. What's your favorite dessert? Oh, that I can't answer that. Okay. I'm not I don't I do not discriminate. I love all desserts. <laughs> What's your favorite savory dish? Tortillère. Which one? The one in your uh, cookbook or the regular? Yeah, my family. Well, I have both. We, we have two 
And, okay. But I like my mom's traditional tortilla. What else is on your bucket list? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bucket list, I would love to write, to get started on a third cookbook, which is on my near horizon. And I would also someday love to lead food tours in France. But I don't know. That's a kind of a far-fetched dream. But, you know, we can dream. Yeah, of course. Where can listeners find more about you, uh, the Duchess, your cookbooks? Mm -hmm. So the two cookbooks are available pretty much anywhere uh, in Chapters, Amazon, at your local library. Our website is duchessbakeshop.com. About me, yeah, I have an Instagram. It's not very exciting, but... <laughs> And your Instagram is Giselle Courteau. Yeah, and I just made it public not long ago, and I don't post very often, but it's there. So I have one last question that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. We all know that being a mother and a parent is a roller coaster of emotions and experiences, keeping motherhood inspired. What one thing have you found kept you inspired and energized throughout your mom journey? Um, definitely just my kids. I mean, they inspire me every day. They're such unique little beings. And um, I have so much control over what I do in my daily work life at the bake shop. And with my kids, I have to just let go. And um, they are their own little people. And I learn so much from, from them every single day, just about, you know, about letting go and about allowing things to just naturally happen and the beauty and kind of chaos, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to another episode of Citrus Love, Keeping Motherhood Inspired podcast. If you think someone would enjoy to listen to this episode, please share it with them. You can share the link wherever you're listening or go to our website at www.citruslove.com slash episode and the number where you will find the episode as well as all the information about the guests or the specific episode. The best way to get our podcast ranked is by leaving me a review wherever you're listening. Two, three, four, five, six stars. Whatever you feel reflect podcast, this will not only let me know what needs to be improved as well as what you particularly love. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get the next episode. And thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>